Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now it's time to talk about children in immigration detention. For that, we turn to Ahilan Arulanatham. He's legal director of the ACLU of Southern California. He's also the recipient of a MacArthur Foundation Genius Grant. At the ACLU, he has successfully litigated several landmark cases, including the first Ninth Circuit case establishing limits on the government's power to detain immigrants as national security threats. He's also won another case that required the government to provide bond hearings to thousands of immigration detainees in the first case to establish a right to appointed legal representation for any group of immigrants seeking deportation. Ahilan, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Well, there's a wave of public outrage now over Trump's uh, new policy of forcibly separating immigrant children from their parents uh, if they cross the border seeking asylum The ACLU filed a challenge to that practice and won an important ruling last week. Tell us about that case. The Mizell case involves a woman who fled uh, Congo uh, and came to the border uh, to seek asylum. Uh, She did not cross uh, illegally in the desert or attempt to do anything like that. She came to the border and presented herself and asked for asylum with her child. Uh, And the government basically said, uh, okay, we'll we'll process your asylum claim, uh, but while we do that, we will throw you in an immigration detention center, which is a prison by another name, and we will take your child away from you uh, while that um, immigration case is pending. And, and that actually happened before the huge increase in family separations that the Trump administration uh, has uh, started in May. And there's now been really over, I think, over a thousand family separations uh, since May. A number of those involve children younger than four. It's really just a horrific practice that we're seeing now. And what was the legal basis of the ACLU's challenge? Do uh, asylum seekers have rights? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think it's it's really not in serious dispute that the government couldn't torture asylum seekers. They couldn't shoot them uh, when they come to the border and seek our protection. And our argument is just that the, the family integrity right is is almost, if not equally important, as a basic fundamental right that this country has recognized uh, really uh, throughout its history. And it's very clear the conditions under which you can separate a parent from a child. So you have to show that the parent is engaging in abuse or abandonment or neglect. And it's really a very high standard, and for good reason. You know, it's not just that if, if uh, you know, you don't like the way the parents are parenting the child. If that were true, a lot of us um, <laughs> would no longer have our children. Okay. Uh, and, and, and the government here is basically saying, 
uh, we, we don't want to apply those normal rules, and instead we're just going to separate uh, parents from their children, really because they want to deter people from coming here to apply for asylum. And what happens to the children when they're taken away from their parents? Where do they go? Who takes care of them? They're sent into uh, a federally run foster care system run by the Office of Refugee Resettlement. It sometimes has been a good system, and other times it's had a lot of problems. But I think the most important thing is that's a system designed for children who do not have their parents available. And actually, not just their parents, who don't have a close relative available who can take care of them. So it's just absolutely inappropriate to put a child into foster care when you've got a fit parent who's willing to take care of that child. And how long does ICE hold the children after it takes them away from their parents? Uh, you know, immigration cases can take years sometimes to resolve. And, uh, you know, it's, obviously this policy is, is relatively new, uh, but it's certainly possible that uh, the children could be separated from their parents for extremely long periods of time. And you know, that, that's horrific for any child. It's particularly brutal and horrible for young children because, you know, a child who's separated from their parents at the age of four for six months, you know, that's, that's a fundamentally different a child uh, six months later, and the, the basic uh, bonds between parent and child are severed when you have that kind of uh, separation. It's really it's one of the most gratuitously cruel and horrible immigration policies. You know, in a sea of examples, uh, what they're doing now is really it's really truly awful. The Trump administration argued in court against the ACLU, this was in San Diego, that the Constitution says nothing about the right of immigrant families to stay together. Isn't that literally true? Well, the Constitution says nothing about the right to family integrity, period. The, the word family does not appear in the Constitution. Uh, but courts have recognized, going back uh, at least in, since the early 1900s, but I think actually arguably even before then, that the right to family integrity is one of the most basic constitutional protections. It, it's one of the earliest examples of what's called substantive due process. I think that there are certain, uh, certain rights that are so fundamental that they're um, part of the concept of liberty. And I think part of the concept of liberty is that the government cannot interfere with your family. And that's a principle that's been adopted in cases involving things far less serious than what we have here. You know, when people want to send their children to parochial school in order to preserve the family's uh, linguistic or cultural identity, uh, when people want to live with their extended family, like live with their grandparents or live with their cousins, the Supreme Court in situations like that has said that there's an important right to family integrity such that the government can only intrude on those aspects of liberty if it has very strong reasons for doing so. So the ACLU challenge is, is a due process challenge, which is a constitutional issue Seems to me it's also a cruel and unusual punishment. Yes, we haven't we haven't argued that, um, but I think there's no question that what we're seeing is extraordinarily cruel. Uh, the the government, after initially saying repeatedly in the public that the purpose of this policy was to deter people from coming to the border, they have now tried to back away from that because if in fact this policy is motivated by a desire to deter, then it is a punishment. And at that point, then, you can't impose a punishment without all the protections afforded to people accused in criminal cases. So now the government has said, no, 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 it's not for deterrence. We're just doing this because people are illegally crossing in the desert, and we want to uh, prosecute everybody who uh, is engaged in um, 
in the crime of illegal entry. But the problem with that uh, claim is that they're doing it to people like Ms. L, who did not uh, cross in the desert, but instead just presented herself at the border and applied for asylum. Uh, and then the other problem with what they're saying is that they're doing it to people even after their sentences are over. So people are, are being convicted of illegal entry, which is itself a really horrible thing. People are coming to the desert, turning themselves into Border Patrol because they want to apply for asylum, and the government has been prosecuting them for illegal entry into the United States. And after that prosecution is over, then they're putting them through the asylum process, and they're separating the children at that point as well. Well, the Trump administration argues that criminal defendants do not have a right to have their children with them in jail, and these people are criminals. What, what does the ACLU say to that? Uh, it is true that people who are sentenced to prison are then separated from their children, uh, and that's true sort of throughout the criminal process. The, the government has used that as an excuse to justify what's going on here, and um, it really is not a, a valid justification. Um, there's really two critical points to remember about that. And the first is, as I mentioned earlier, they are doing this to a lot of people who are not have not committed any crime. They're doing it to people who are presenting themselves at the border, like Ms. L herself. That's not a crime, to come to the border and ask for asylum. And yet they're separating parents from children, even in that context. Second, they're doing this even to people after they have finished serving a sentence for illegal entry. So when you have people crossing in the desert and then applying for asylum, the government is prosecuting them. They get a sentence of something like 90 days in those situations. After that sentence is over, they're then sent into the asylum system, and the government is still keeping the children from the parents, even after that sentence is done. But the last thing I think is important to recognize about this is it's, it highlights something fundamentally wrong with the way the criminal immigration laws work in this context. And the, Even when a person is coming and crossing the border, but then is applying, meaning crossing in the desert, and is then applying for asylum, the person still has a right to apply for asylum. They're going through the desert typically because the government is refusing to allow people to come to the border and apply for asylum. There's very, very long wait times. They're requiring people to wait in Mexico for sometimes months uh, without coming uh, to the border to then present themselves and ask for asylum. And so under those circumstances, it, it really shouldn't be criminally prosecuted at all. And it wasn't. For years, when people crossed the border and then sought asylum, the government didn't prosecute them for illegal entry. It's really only now that the government has started to do this under the Trump administration. just want to spend one more minute on the ACLU's plaintiff in this San Diego case. I was surprised. I think most people would be surprised. This is not a Mexican or Salvadorian mother. This plaintiff comes from Congo. Uh, how did that happen? Yeah, Ms. L is Congolese. And uh, although the majority of the asylum seekers uh, coming really since 2014, have been from Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. And there are people fleeing persecution all over the world who come to the United States because we have, or we have had in the past, um, strongly protective asylum laws. You know, and that reflects a history of, in this country that really goes back to World War II, because the U.S. Uh, in World War II sadly turned away people who were fleeing Germany, uh, many of whom then died in the Holocaust. And in, it was really in recognition of the mistakes that were made at that time and uh, the horrific uh, error that we made in not protecting those people 
that the U.S. then led the international community to create the Refugee Convention uh, and then later to expand it to cover the entire world. So the U.S. has been a leader traditionally in protecting people fleeing persecution from all around the world. And that's obviously a big reason why people come here, uh, because they're unable to get the comparable protection in many other parts of the world. And it's just really very sad that the administration now seems to be engaged in a massive attack on that fundamental value uh, in our legal system that's been in place since World War II. The ACLU will now be pursuing this constitutional case through the courts. What can ordinary citizens do? Is there a place for citizen action here? Absolutely, because uh, the problems that we're talking about here are beyond any particular lawsuit, even even in a nationwide class action, as we hope um, the Mizell case will be. And the ultimate solutions to the problems that uh, are reflected in these policies really requires a more humane uh, treatment of refugees and immigrants, a system that uh, a system that really would reflect the the American values that we've traditionally uh, upheld in this context. So I would encourage your listeners to engage in activism on family separation. You can, I mean, you can just Google ACLU family separation. You'll see there's a number of take action items. Uh, there's, there's bills now that are being introduced in the Congress that would try and limit the extent to which the government can engage in these kinds of uh, policies. There's, there's a, absolutely a very, very important uh, political role and organizing role to be played in, in stopping this horrific practice. Ahilan Arulanatham. He's legal director of the ACLU of Southern California. Ahilan, thanks so much for talking with us today. Thanks for having me, John. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.